Greetings, golf fans. Sports Guy Ty here. This is annually one of the best sports weeks on the calendar with both the Super Bowl and a Sunday finish at the Phoenix Open coinciding and made better this time around with the big game just down the road in Scottsdale. We break down some pretty juicy numbers on golfers at the WM Phoenix Open, but also dabble a bit in Super Bowl prop bets. Shallow Cal and I have three opportunities for a team win this week, and we're keen on a pair of Korean golfers in the desert. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. Enjoy. Thank you. Thank you very much. And welcome to the WN Phoenix Open Preview Show, the greatest show on grass and it's Super Bowl week. We are up to episode 68 of the Playing the Tips podcast and one more week on the beautiful grind. Coming to you from Detroit, I am your host, Sports Guy Ty. You can find me on Twitter at Sports Guy Ty. I'm joined this week and every week by Shallow Cal, coming to you from the Ann Arbor studios, and whom you can find on the Twitters at Shallow Cal Golf. Follow us as well at the Playing Tips Pod, excuse me, at Playing Tips Pod, where we tweet out the weekly cards and track our profit and loss numbers. Super Bowl week, Phoenix Open, Shallow Cal, what are you sipping to start one of my favorite sports weeks of the entire year? Well, uh, I've got to pace myself this week, right? Um, lots of lots of action. So I am going on the Pace It Party Beer Modelo Especial. Mm, excellent selection for. What do you, What do you got in the cup tonight? Uh, I'm going back to the well again with an old favorite, uh, Labatt Blue Light. More than anything. Um, well, I mean, let's be honest. I can't. I can't stay away from those that prairie barley and that that beautiful Canadian water. But uh, we are returning from a very quick trip down to Florida this past weekend to see my dad for his 80th birthday. So I really just didn't have a whole lot of time to look around and grab anything. And uh, well, that blue light is pretty often cold in my fridge. Nice, excellent. <laughs> All right. Well, I know that uh, a lot of folks, Shallow Cal, consider Torrey Pines the start of proper golf in 2023. But I, for one, am glad to be done with the multi-course rotas now that we're leaving the West Coast. I am so thankful for that. Uh, One course, we've got, you know, shot tracker data. We've got strokes gain data. We've got all the data. So I am uh, very excited for that once again. And um, this brings back a little bit of the first-round leader market that we haven't really been able to play with. And, uh, you know, not only that, but it's an awesome course to, to look at uh, and see. So You're telling me school may be in session for the first time in 2023? I've got, uh, I've got one first-round leader bet this week, and I think everybody should add it to their card. Mm, the man is back. Yes. Uh, pretty trash week for me at Pebble Beach last week. We won't spend really any time on this. Uh, my two runners uh, wound up being Harry Higgs, 150 to one, and Russell Knox, 80 to one. Two of my longer shots on the card, and both really faded away. Kind of the back half of their third rounds on Sunday. And then didn't do a whole lot more uh, when they picked it up in the fourth round and got absolutely nothing going on Monday. So I didn't threaten anything at Pebble. Uh, how'd you wind up? Uh, didn't threaten anything either. Um, Scott Stallings was my was my best horse. Um, and 
he really kind of faded uh, and and didn't really keep up in the third round there uh, with that wind blowing. And, uh, yeah, not much. Yeah, good to be done with Pebble. Good to be done with multi-course rotas. Uh, good to be moving away from the West Coast for a time being. Um, not too far away, just into the mountain time zone. But yeah. we are kind of getting on with that next leg of the PGA Tour season, which I'm excited about. And another elevated event, which we'll talk a bit more about as we break down the field and the uh, the course in our tournament preview. Uh, quickly for agenda, as ever, we will run through that quick course and tournament preview for TPC Scottsdale. We've also got stats to consider and any weather of note. Then we will give our tips and best bets. And as a bonus this week, Super Bowl picks and a few prop bets here and there. Chalakal, can you remind the people what we need from them? Yeah, we uh, we would love it. Uh Go ahead over to Twitter. Give us a follow. Give us a like. Um, download this podcast, obviously. Um, subscribe. Rate us. Give us five stars. Leave us a little review, and uh, we'll read it on the pod next week. Yeah, we need to get a few of those reviews picked back up again. Uh, right before we took kind of our long uh, and really fall and winter hiatus from the Right Click Print Money podcast, uh, we slowed down, understandably so, with getting reviews in. But we want to get those going again. You know, throw us a five-star review on Spotify, Apple, um, wherever you can, and, and tell us where you're listening from, what you're drinking. We'll read those out again start having fun with reviews on the show. All right, let's jump into it. Uh, course and tournament preview. We are at TPC Scottsdale, just outside of Phoenix, where the big game is being played on Sunday, uh, just down the road. Philadelphia Eagles, led by the mayor of Starkville, Mississippi, A.J. Brown, and the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> I love me some A.J. Brown, baby. Oh, uh, and I'll have more to say about A.J. Brown to close the show, but I'm excited. <laughs> me too. <laughs> yeah. I I knew as soon as I placed this prop bet that you were going to be absolutely thrilled. So uh, I I didn't know that we were going to do this on the show tonight until you said that. So I am absolutely thrilled that I actually made this bet. So I'm excited. Yeah. And you know, typically we'll share our golf tips uh, throughout the day on Monday as we're making selections or as we see different odds coming online in different different uh, places. So we have a pretty good idea going into the show each Monday night where both of our cards either have landed or are going to land. We didn't share anything on uh, on our Super Bowl picks or props, so this will be news to both. Uh, should have some fun to wrap up the show. Yeah, absolutely. So as mentioned, much different course this week uh, than last week and really each of the past several weeks on the, the West Coast with uh, some courses on Poa Greens, again, multi-courses. Uh, we are on a much more traditional TPC course here. Little change in elevation as well from Hawaii and California, um, 1250 feet above sea level. Ball is going to travel a bit further here, um, may really benefit some of those longer hitters. Um, great atmosphere, shallow Cal, really unlike anything we see in golf with about 125,000 spectators a day, concerts, uh, leading up to the week, all kinds of nightlife. It's a pretty fun atmosphere out there every year, uh, regardless of whether the Super Bowl is in Phoenix or not. Yeah. It's like golf, but louder or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, golf needs a little bit of that, right? I mean, we don't want Phoenix every single week, certainly. 
Um, but you know, as I've talked about many times in previous shows, uh, the Buick Open often rivaled um, TPC Scottsdale and the Phoenix Open for many years as kind of the rowdiest or the loudest green on tour before uh, falling off the schedule here. And several years ago. Um, and that, that was great too, right? You know, a couple times a year when you have that type of atmosphere, those fans, everybody gets into it. Don't need it every single week. So I do think we get a bit burnt out. Yeah. It's great though. I love it. Um, like you said, in, in, in doses. So it's, uh, it, it works for the Scottsdale atmosphere. I think it's uh, a, a perfect, uh, perfect destination for it. Interested to see if we get any jerseys uh, during tournament play at the stadium uh, or the um, the amphitheater at the stadium course on 16. Seen uh, Kobe Bryant the past couple of years, a couple different variations of Kobe Bryant with the lower Marion jersey from Tony Finau and then the Lakers jersey from JT. So we'll see. We'll see what uh, what the fashion looks like this year in in tournament play. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, 136-man field this week. Uh, that is a cap, and withdrawals will not be replaced. Uh, I haven't kept up with all of them, but I did notice, I believe it was three or four already today, so I think we're down closer to that 132-man field or so. Yeah. Uh, second elevated event of the new PGA Tour format, technically after the Century Tournament of Champions. This is new for 2023, uh, 17 total of what they're calling elevated events. That includes all four majors, the three playoff events and tour championship, and an additional nine events. Uh, purses ranging from 14 million to 25 million for players. Star players must play 16 of those 17, but interesting to see how that really shapes up and, and uh, continues to kind of ebb and flow. Um, good for the game of golf. Certainly, we won't spend a whole lot of time on it, but uh, but fun again for big tournaments like this, where you get a little extra juice with those big purses and big names. Yep. All right, uh, course vitals. Let's move there. Start breaking this down. Uh, you want to start us off, Shallow Cal? Sure. Uh, par 71, 72, 61 uh, in yardage. Uh, yeah, we're at like uh, 1,500 feet. Um, this week of elevation, like you said, so uh, the ball is going to be be a little bit juiced up. Um, it averages um, some of the longest drives on par fours and fives on tour. Um, if I'm not mistaken, maybe it's the furthest. Um, but uh, we've got um, trouble if you're off the tee. Uh, we've got the desert, so travels a little bit further, but you got to be accurate um you can really get into uh trouble if you find yourself next to the cacti um your your bermuda fairways and rough um are going to be bermuda grass not really penal with the rough um i think that's kind of intentional i think they want the balls to run through and kind of make you play from from the desert sand if you're if you're wayward uh your greens are going to be Pretty big this week, uh, averaging just over 7,000 square feet. So uh, we go from Pebble with the smallest to uh, Phoenix, which has got some of the biggest. So I'm, I'm sure these guys are, are happy with that. Um, the greens are kind of like a Frankenstein. Uh, honestly, they've, um, they're have they Bermuda, but they're overseeded with Rye and Poa. So um, you would think that it would be kind of kind of strange, but they say that these greens uh, run truer um, than than most. Some of the truest rolling greens on tour, 
they're also uh, not super difficult to read. Uh, there's not much, uh, there's not much to them like some of the other courses um, out there on tour. Uh, water on six holes. Um, you've got a bunch of bunch of bunkers out there. Some some are going to be pretty deep. A uh, bunch of bunker bunkers out there. Yeah, and then I mean, there's desert, so it's all kind of if you if you go too far. Uh, don't go looking out there because you might find yourself face to face with a rat, a rattler. Man, hey, that's that, that dead serious. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know this this course definitely rewards uh, accuracy off the tee. Um, it's a little shorter, so those guys can definitely take advantage of it. Uh, the, the the really uh cool part of this hole or of this course uh, is your closing holes. 15, 16, 17, 18 all offer some um some great drama, uh, and, uh, not just, you know, focus on that par three sixteenth. The, uh, the ones surrounding it are pretty, pretty great. Yeah. We talked a lot last year, um, mainly because T-Mac was, was on the show with us still, and he had played TPC Scottsdale, I think actually fairly recently leading into the event. Yeah. It was like, uh, within a month and all the, all the scaffolding and, uh, stands were up. That's right. That's right. So we did get pretty far into uh, kind of his experiences with it. Um, it was a pretty good ex- episode, if I recall. I wish I knew what number it was off the top of my head. Um, but also one thing we did talk about is outside of that closing stretch that you mentioned, and I may even leave 18 off of that, uh, 15, you 16. The bunkers, you got the bunkers on the right side of the fairway and the left side. And there is some water. You know, there's some water there. Uh, I remember Xander uh, actually, I think, didn't he bogey 18 last year? He did. And dropped out of the three-man playoff? Yep. Oh, so, you know, 18 can come and get you if you're not careful. Yeah, 18's not terrible. I'll I'll give you that. But outside of that closing stretch, um, and it is a great closing stretch. 15 is the reachable par five with water, big risk reward. 16, obviously, the the hole that probably everybody's most familiar with, whether you follow golf or not, just because it is the amphitheater. And then 17, the short, drivable par four with water. Tremendous finish, but outside of that, the course itself is pretty unremarkable. This is a pretty stock TPC course uh, designed as much for the amateurs as it is, you know, for hosting this event every single year. Um, The front nine in particular, there's just a whole, not a whole lot beyond, you know, some pretty stock par fours played in the desert at elevation. But again, uh, what it's meant to do is build up to that drama for that closing stretch. And certainly it's, it's been a significant part of the outcome, uh, really, for the last decade or so. Okay, uh, anything else on the course or you want to start talking some stats? Let's do some stats, man. I, I think we pretty much covered it. All right. Well, you lead us off. What are you looking at this week uh, as you're getting ready to build your card? Most important stats to consider. Um, my most important stats to consider, um, good drive percent strokes gained ball striking strokes gained approach. And I'm also digging back down into course history and particularly, um, this course and TPC Summerlin. Mm, Okay. TPC Summerlin, another desert course at elevation. Yep. So I think, uh, I think those are going to be my top four that I'm looking at this week. Okay. 
Um, I'm with you, certainly on the ball striking, uh, top of my list. And that's just, you know, you take a quick look at the list of winners here. And really, those who have contended tells you everything to know about it, it being most certainly a ball striker's delight. Hideki has won here twice. Ricky Fowler, back when he was known for his ball striking. Brooks Kepka, Gary Woodland. TPC Scottsdale, as we mentioned, a bit of a mundane course outside of the tough and interesting closing stretch. And so you just got to be on top of your game from a ball striking perspective, uh, really on the front nine as well. Um, you put the ball in the fairway, you can attack with some strong wedge play here. Um, and that leads me to my next stat, strokes gained approach. Um, this really unlocks the pathway to victory. Six of the last seven winners, I believe it is now, um, have been in the top five in strokes gained approach during the week. Both Webb Simpson and Hideki Matsuyama in 2016 led the field. Uh, when Weisskopf redesigned the course in 2014, uh, it really was with the intention of giving it more teeth. To some extent, they achieved it, but one way that they attempted to was by adding length. Um, but if you're well positioned off the tee, particularly on the par fives, you've got a great chance to attack with great irons. Um, very much a second shot golf course. Last one for me, greens and regulation. Another stat that has historically translated to wins here. Um, of the last eight winners, only Ricky Fowler in 2019 ranked outside the top six for the week in greens in regulation. Fast, firm greens, as uh, you mentioned, shallow cows, some of the most pure on tour, but you don't want to be scrambling around here. Um, Got to be hitting a lot of greens. Yes, sir. Uh, you take a look at any weather? Not usually. Um, for <laughs> Phoenix, and the, for Phoenix, it's probably, you know, this time uh, this time of year, it's a little bit cooler in the morning. Um, you might get a little bit, that's when you'll probably get your moisture. Um, if it's going to be softer, the it's definitely going to be in the morning here. Um, you know, it, you, you're getting up to your, your mid seventies, probably I would say, uh, eighties touching eighties. So it's Phoenix weather, man. Yeah. Typically what we call dome golf, uh, played in the desert. You don't have a whole lot by way of the elements. It is going to be a little cooler maybe this year than we're used to seeing, um, typically at this event. Highs are going to get into the, um, Lower to mid 70s may may touch the upper 70s once we get to the weekend, um, and we may actually get just a bit of wind Thursday and Sunday with potential gusts around 20 miles an hour. But for the most part, as you mentioned, pretty ideal conditions, typical of desert golf, and really nothing to be worried about or or adjusting cards or stacking lineups at this point um, because of the weather. All right, well we got to make some picks. Um, Gosh, I'll tell you what, it's nice, though, not having to go through multiple courses, breaking them down before we get to this part of the show. Yep, that's nice. That's for sure. <laughs> um, all right, well, we're going to bring back an old favorite from the former Right Click Print Money podcast, and Shallow Cal's First Round Leader School is back in session for the first time in 2023. Very popular segment for the first couple years of the life of this podcast. Uh, you've hit a number of winners. Uh, you've hit a number of big places in the first round leader market been off to this point in 2023 um and really uh most of the fall if i recall correctly as we kind of stepped away from the podcast there but you're back shallow cal this week uh and i'm sure excited to be dipping the toe again oh yeah um i think this is uh this is one of my my favorite uh categories to bet on for uh 
for golf betting. It's just exciting. Um, you know, you got your you got your guys who are near the top of the odds boards, uh, first round leader. You know, sometimes they'll fall in the mid twenties, and uh, you know, it really is, you know, um, a fun little one day wager. So uh, this week I am gonna go. Uh, they have not released odds actually on the first round leader yet for uh, the sports book of my choosing that will offer you in each way for the first play uh first round leader bet um but i'm looking at one and one only and that is mr tpc lee and hopefully we can get him around like 80 or 90 to one odds on uh on the first round leaderboard that would be fantastic I gotta believe that we're gonna at least see that or something close to it, um, because his outright numbers aren't far off that most places. No, his outright number I'm looking at right now at the book is 100 to one. So they might post that 80, 80 or 90 for the for the first round leader. That'd be pretty stellar right there, and uh, I'll have a lot more to say about TPC KH Lee as we talk outright bets later. Excellent. Um, one thing we should mention too, as we get into making here, what are going to be our outright picks, um, each and every week we try and target bet rivers as a sports book, primarily for golf betting that we have access to, because it's the only one that we can get each way numbers on, um, because of the Monday finish at pebble bet rivers was very late to release odds today, not until almost 4 PM Eastern time. Yeah. And with a tournament like Phoenix Open, you know, again, wanting to play a little bit of that each way on the back end. I know you were interested in the first round leader market. So both of us waited. Everything on the card this week is with Bet Rivers. And a lot of these numbers were already gone, I'm sorry to say. <laughs> yeah. um, we, again, because we had been kind of waiting on these numbers and, and were able to both, both pounce on them early. We'll talk through some of the more significant droppers here in a moment. Um, but a lot of these numbers have come down five, even, you know, 10 points in some cases. So a lot of, a lot of good numbers still out there on these players. I think certainly um, what I see on, on both of our picks, I'm comfortable with it most of the books across the board but just as a quick caveat uh because of that late release and then the quick adjustment a lot of these numbers have disappeared all right well we're going to get into it uh outright picks we've done the first round leader we're going to start with you shallow cal because you lead us off closest to the top of the odds board uh it's a player you've already mentioned and one you like a whole lot just in general not not only at this course yeah, not just uh, at this course. I, I like his game um, a lot. That's Xander. Um, he's, to me, he's probably, if you were to rank the top five golfers in the world, I think he's probably, you know, fifth or fourth. Um, certainly one of my favorites. He's a, a, a model monster on a weekly basis. Just his game is all around solid, top to bottom. There's not really much of a weakness. Um if you had to really, really strip away the, the layers of the onion on his game. Um, this week, course and tournament history here for him speaks for itself. Uh, he's never missed a cut here. The last five times or the five times he's played, um, you know, he's T3, T2, T16, T10, and T17. So... His course history, he loves this course. He loves these style of courses. Last year, man, oh, man, what a heartbreaking way to lose. Going into the bunker on 18, um, 
off the tee and just not being able to uh, recover from that to get uh, down for par and becoming part of that playoff. I think he's going to do it. Um, I think he's going to do it this year. He's been so close. Uh, was it Kepka in two? Uh, it was yeah, Kepka 2021 that had a great. I think he chipped it in for eagle on uh, 17, right? On 17, yeah. And just hard after almost going in the water. <laughs> yeah, after almost going. Yeah, that's right. And you know, it's just. It's just been heartbreak after heartbreak. He wants to win. He's he's played well here, and he's going to do it this week. Xander, 16-1, to 1, win only. Yeah, pretty nice number on Xander um, at a place he loves. I'll have more to say about two important trends that I'm following this week, but I will tease it by um, mentioning that Xander fits both of them. So I think you're in good company with some others who I've seen piling on that number as well this week. Right. Yeah, he'll be on my he'll be on my uh, on our uh, our friendly PGA Tour fantasy app roster this week. That's for sure. Yeah, I think I'm I think I'm there with you. All right, I'm next. Um, I've got a couple bets here in the 20s, and I'm starting it out with one and a half points each way on Colin Morikawa, 22 to one. Debated 25s early in the day, but was keen on an each way if I could get it. Um, again, just knowing that going to kind of front load uh, here, but look to really target some of those top players who I do feel just have a great shot to get inside that top five, top six or so. And I think Morikawa fits the bill. Um, this tournament has become one for class golfers. He certainly is that. Every year, really, we get an excellent field here, but this is by far the best ever because of the elevated event status. 22 of the top 25 in the official world golf rankings. Also, increasingly, this has been a place that top talent wins. And if you look back to 2013, when Phil Mickelson won his third Phoenix Open title, all but two winners have a major championship win to their name. Morikawa, at the ripe old age of 26, has won both a PGA championship and an Open championship, certainly proven he's class. Uh, his hallmark has been superb iron play throughout his career. Got a little sideways last year. Something was sort of off in that regard. Actually, the first time in his professional career, he didn't record a win on tour, um, but does seem to be back in form with the irons. He gained 6.7 strokes on approach two weeks ago at Farmers. Uh, and if you go back and, and look for the last event. Man, he must have won. won if he did that well at Farmers. <laughs> well, I'm hoping. I'm hoping that that scar tissue isn't too too deep because that was painful um gains uh, if you if you look back to the last time he actually locks strokes on approach you got to go all the way back to the players in march of 2022 so i'm comfortable again that uh, that particularly you know with gaining all those strokes at farmers a couple of weeks ago he's back in that regard and certainly that'll play well always at tpc scottsdale um, I mentioned a couple trends I'm following. I'll give one of them here in addition to the major winners uh, with a hat tip to Jeff at the Fantasy Grind. 11 of the last 12 winners had a T7 or better in one of their five prior starts um, leading up to the WM Phoenix Open. Morikawa, not bad. Uh, went sixth at the Hero in December, limited field, of course. Uh, second at the Century Tournament of Champions in Shallow Cal. That's what you brought up, uh, the loss in devastating fashion. And then third at the Farmers. So I think uh, he can get back on the horse here. 
Um, I really do. It's just a course that that kind of fits for him, and I think it's going to be um, I think it's going to be tough to to see a number like that on Colin Morikawa and not take it at least in in my regard. And I got a feeling that we'll talk about that same sentiment here because as we move further into the 20s, we actually overlap on each of our next three picks. And it's about time that we hit a team win here. Uh, last one was Tom Kim back at the Wyndham. Um, so it's time. Who's uh, We got three chances. Lead it off, Shallow Cal. Uh, why is Justin Thomas going to be a, a horse for us? Well, if we're going to have a team win, I hope it's uh... – I hope it's the longest at 33 to one. So we'll start with JT um, and 25 to one on JT. Sign me up for that. I think you hit, uh, I think you hit JT one, one, uh, one time. I think they dropped him to 22 to one and you were all over it and you smashed it. I did. I just, we, we, we haven't seen a 25 to one on JT pre-tournament in a long time and i'm smashing that great track record here iron player uh great on tpc courses uh you know deadly with a wedge in his hand um and it minimizes his putting if he comes and he you know obviously like his his biggest weakness is probably with a putter in his hand and the greens are a little bit easier this week, a little bit more friendly. So let's uh, let's ride some hot irons, JT. Come on, man. Yeah, it's just an outrageous number on Justin Thomas at 25 to 1. Um, and what you are referencing was the Players' Championship with a very similar number that was hung on him, coming off kind of a, a poor run of form by JT's standards at that point. But this feels very similar to that. It feels like a similar tournament. It feels like a similar number on JT. It is a similar number on JT and just seems like it's going to pop here. Um, I, I went one and a half points each way on the 25 to 1. I'm actually, I texted you this. I'm a little disappointed I didn't, I didn't go bigger on that number because um, it is one of the ones that has fallen all the way to 20 uh, as the best I'm seeing out there right now. Yeah, I think that, you know, what, multiple uh, multiple top fives here. Um, you know, he's got a couple missed cuts, but whatever. Uh, you Early know, in his career, um, kind of a, a couple strange missed cuts. Yeah, but I'm not I'm not worried about that some uh some pressure maybe getting to him but uh yeah i'm i'm all over this number yeah um he he was 17th here on debut and then had that strange you know string of two missed cuts there but back to form with consecutive third place finishes in 2019-2020 was 13th in 2021 when he probably you know, w would have been considered the favorite after Saturday night. Um, had the unfortunate news of his grandfather uh, passing away that evening, he was very close with and really just never found his way on Sunday, <clears throat> um, but was eighth last year. Um, I mentioned that I'm following a couple of different trends this week. Here's the second. Last seven winners of this event all had a top 10 here. Obviously, he's got that covered with three top 10 finishes in Phoenix. Um, this course was just made for him. One of the best wedge players on the planet. Actually, at his best on easier courses, more than a third of his 15 career PGA Tour wins were 20 or lower, or minus 20 or lower. And then just a crazy good record on TPC courses. Uh, he's got wins in Malaysia, TPC Southwind, TPC Boston, and of course, at the players. Big number on Justin Thomas, 25 to 1. That's not out there anymore. 
Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Nor should it be. Um, nope. <laughs> that's what happened to it. The players tried to hang that number and it got bet down in a hurry. And there was a big contingent of golf Twitter that was on uh, on that mistake. You know, honestly, I probably wouldn't have uh, bet him if he was at 16, the same price as uh, Xander. Um, I, I probably wouldn't have bet him. Um, I, I just want I, I, 25 to 1. That's like an auto click in my head. He was on my short list for sure. I typically go into um, a Monday when the odds are being released with eight or nine golfers after I've done my research that I've pared it down to. And there's usually one or two that are kind of a swing play based on seeing a really good number. And he was that. Um, I was going to go a completely different direction, but I could not. I could not look away from that 25 and click it fast enough. So I'm there with you. Maybe not, maybe not my top six starting out, but there's just too much value on Justin Thomas at 25 to one. Yes, sir. All right. Maybe not as much value on this next golfer at the same number, 25 to one. Uh, but a guy we both really like, uh, we're both on as well. Uh, why sung JM this week? Why not, man? <laughs> really? Um, He's he's got a couple top 20s here. Um, one of his PGA Tour victories came at a similar setup in TPC Summerlin. He's never lost strokes putting here. This is his favorite surface to put on, which is probably really the only weakness in his game. Honestly, he's he's pretty solid everywhere else. Um, and just saying that, you know, this course suits him because his game is so well-rounded. He's he's ball striker. He's um, very good off the tee. It just just really goes um, just really goes well here. Um, and I'm not going to be surprised uh, to see him at the top in any tournament that he plays. He likes to play a lot of them, but uh, this one especially. Oh yeah. Um, I feel like the, I feel like the Korean guys are really made for these uh, these TPC courses. I mean, a hallmark of Korean golfers, at least of late here on the PGA Tour and some of the bigger names winning tournaments, is really good tee to green play, um, and particularly those ball striking numbers, some approach numbers. So, yeah, absolutely. I actually debated putting four Koreans on my card this week. Uh, only got to three, but I am with you on Sungjae. Again, I'm one and a half points each way at that 25 to one number. Ball striker, ball striker, ball striker. I am keen on ball strikers this week. Uh, he was third on the PGA Tour in 2022, ninth in 2021, and through six tournaments played this year, he's 28th. Um, as you mentioned, a bit of a Frankenstein green with the overseed of the Bermuda with Poa and the Rye, um, but some really pure greens, and, and Bermuda has been his best surface by a fairly substantial margin. Uh, I mentioned um, really good tee to green golfers coming out of Korea. He's averaging 4.4 strokes gained in that stat, uh, his last 20 tournaments. And then lastly for me, uh, trends converging. Both of the two that I mentioned earlier, Sungjae has a top 10 here when he finished 7th in 2019. Uh, by the way, gained 8.1 strokes tee to green that year and was positive across the board, including strokes gained putting. And then he was also T4 uh, his last time out at Farmers. So I think, uh, again, maybe not as much value in the 25 to 1, certainly compared to a player like JT with his 15 career wins and a couple majors, but um, a player that I certainly think uh, is capable of going well here. Um, well, I'm going to turn it right back to you, Shallow Cal. Tri uh, close out the triumvirate of. 
picks that we've overlapped on this week, trying to get a team win. Uh, Tom Kim, 33 to 1. Choo choo! <laughs> Let's go, baby. The train is coming. The train is coming. Um, he's a monster, man. He's literally, uh, he is just such a, a, a fun player to watch. Uh, I really, really think that he is going to be a force to be reckoned with on tour for some time. Um, just excellent, excellent on approach. Um, I think he's second this season on approach. Makes birdies at a high clip. Uh, good around the green. Um, he's good, and he's 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 a he's a just pipes drives very accurate off the tee. Um, he's he could he, the putting the current form. I mean, what what is not to like about Tom Kim? And at thirty three to one. Sign me up for that all day. I am actually a little bit worried about the putter, um, particularly of late. That is my one hesitation on Tom Kim. But I think that these very, you know, excellent greens are going to mask a lot of that. I think I think your bad putters are going to be more toward the average line this week. And maybe even potentially some of your great putters are going to lose that advantage. Um, not necessarily regress toward the mean, but it just won't be as big of a delta um, as it typically is on a PGA Tour event. So I think he slots in nicely in that regard, because as you mentioned, everything else that Tom Kim is doing, he seems to be doing well. Uh, I love win equity. I talk about it a lot. Um, he is, is he 21 yet? Has, has, he, has he hit I that magic age? I don't think so. He's only 20. Well, he's got two wins on the PGA Tour by uh, age 20, and that is something very few players have accomplished all time. So he certainly knows how to close, knows how to get it done. One thing that you mentioned off air that I thought was uh, really a great point is he's going to love this atmosphere at TPC Scottsdale, and they're going to love Tom Kim when he gets to the amphitheater. Dude, Tom Kim is a showman for sure. That uh, President's Cup, I mean, they were him and C. Wu together. That was that was awesome. It really was. And they, we're going to see a lot more of that over the, the coming years. I'm excited about it. Yeah. Uh, I, I mentioned I debated going four Koreans on my card this week. Uh, C. Wu, the man himself, was very tempting at 80 to 1. Very tempting. That's a number that C. Wu Kim wins at. Uh, and I'm going to be. You know, utterly disappointed if I miss it. Couldn't get there uh, just with the way the rest of the card shook out. But I, I almost went for Koreans this week. Um, as you mentioned, excellent ball striker Tom Kim. Second in this field, his last 24 rounds. He's 11th on tour this season. Iron play is really his calling card. Um, second in the field in approach the last 24. Leads the field in proximity during that stretch from 150 to 175 yards, which is the all-important range here. Um, more approach shots taken from there than anywhere, and actually higher average than a typical PGA Tour event. Uh, and for good measure, he's also first in this field uh, in strokes gained tee to green, his last 24. So certainly... Checks a lot of the boxes. Is a debutante, which I worry about here. Um, but again, that's why I was so keen uh, to wait for the each way numbers uh, for a player like Tom Kim, because I think top six is certainly within reach. And again, at that 33 number, that's not a bad return. Nope. All right. Well, uh, that does it for me toward the top of the board. I've got one bomb to close it out. But before we get there, um, we've got uh, a couple longer shots on your end as well. 
Nice number on Keegan Bradley at 66 to 1. Yes, sir. Keegs, um, good course, tournament history. Um, he's finished second at the Farmers his last time out. Um, so the last time he actually finished in the top five, he won uh, the very next tournament. Uh, so let's see if he can do that again. Uh, better with his putter the last year. Man, man, what a what a year it is when you say that Keegan Bradley is gaining strokes putting. How about that, huh? I'll tell you what, that ball striker learns how to putt. He's going to win a couple more times on tour. Yeah, um, he's gained 1.5 strokes in his last five tournaments, actually, putting. Which, mm. I mean, yeah, if if that ball striker continues to do this and, and has positive putting weeks, he's going to win some more tournaments. So I like Keegan, 66-1. Uh, to 1. All right. Yep, and next up, I've got uh, Billy Horschel. Old William Ho. William Ho. 90 to 1, man. Um, multiple top 10 finishes here. How about that? How about so, that? Uh, is that a, is that a trend checker uh, for you? That's one of them. That's one of them. All right. He, we really haven't seen him much recently, so I'm really not uh, not too keen on his, his current form. Not really sure what we're going to see out there, um, but decent putter, uh, good approach play, um, decent around the green. Let's see. Uh, let's see what uh, what William Ho can do for us at ninety to one this week. Another player who loves the crowds in Scottsdale, and they love him. Uh, we'll certainly play into it out there. And it's always fun to see Billy Ho uh, being Billy Ho. Yeah, he's uh, certainly a treat. That's for sure. He is. All right, well, I'll close it out then. Uh, my last play is my one punt this week. I'm going one point each way on TPC KH Lee, 100 to 1. Uh, again, that number is actually still out there, 190 in some places. I, I thought that might be bet down a little bit, but um, not as much love for, for KH Lee. Uh, they don't call him TPC KH Lee for nothing. Two wins uh, career on tour. Both came at the Byron Nelson, which is played on, you guessed it, a TPC course at Craig Ranch. Uh, similar in style to TPC Scottsdale, desert-ish golf uh, made for ball strikers. Third place finish at the Zurich Classic, which came at TPC Louisiana. He's got a sixth at the 3M Open in 2021, played uh, at TPC Twin Cities. And then, of course, he was second here in 2021. Another really good ball striker, uh, great with his irons. He comes in ranked fourth on tour this season in ball striking. He's 25th in strokes gained approach. He does hit a bunch of greens, too, which is one of my key stats to consider for the week. Uh, eighth in this field, the last 24 rounds in GIR. Uh, look, I'm no fool. I, I, I certainly believe the winner is likely to come from the top like 12 to 15-ish percent or so of this field. But I do think KH Lee can go well and threaten the places. Um, he hits on two of those three trends I mentioned. No major win, but he's got a top 10 here previously, and he was T7 at the Century Tournament of Champions within his past five starts. All right, uh, that's enough golf for now. Um, we are going to wrap it up by talking just a little bit of pigskin because, again, it is Super Bowl week. We are just down the road uh, here in Phoenix between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles. So let's have a little fun, uh, talk, a, talk a few sides, a few props. Uh, do you have a lean on the outcome of the game, Shallow Cal? You got an inkling either way? 
Yeah, I think it's going to be the Eagles. Um, I, so. I, I think it starts with the uh, the offensive line for them and their defense, I think, will just hold up a little bit better against uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, um, that football, man, it starts in the trenches. And if you got a team like the Eagles with uh, with their offensive line and they can just impose their will on you and Jalen Hurts has got time to sit back there and, you know, uh, A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, you know, Miles Sanders out of the backfield. Hell, Dallas, go dare, you know, go dare that man. I think it's the Eagles all the way. Pretty good analysis. Almost made me change my pick. (laughs) I mean, you make a great point about those hog mollies in the trenches. There is no comparison between Philly's offensive line and KC's. And he's got a great defensive line, great front seven, too. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And, you know, KC's offensive line, like you said, not that great. I mean, you got Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, I believe. Is that Fletcher Cox? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, City, they got, Mississippi. They got some some studs on that front uh, front seven for for the Eagles that can get home. So I like the Eagles, uh, and it's because of the trenches. So I'm going the other way. I'm on the Chiefs plus 105, still out there on DraftKings, uh, taking the money line on it. Um, I just think that Patrick Mahomes, it's time for Super Bowl number two. He knows that just one isn't enough to be in that consideration for one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. He's been to five straight AFC championships, I believe it is, um, and or five of the last six, something like that. It's a pretty incredible run. But he's lacking in the big department, which is getting there and winning the big game. Uh, I am worried about the ankle, but I think he wills his team to victory. I think Andy Reid is one of the greatest coaches in NFL history and will be remembered that way after a second Super Bowl win. Um, all right, I've actually got a handful of props, but I know you've got one uh, we teased at the top of the show. So why don't you start with yours? Uh, tell me where you've landed for your Super Bowl prop bet this year. So um, I saw this stat on Twitter, um, but AJ Brown, the over/under for the yards, 68 and a half. Not only are these teams pretty high-powered offense, um, but Brown outweighs each of Kansas City's defensive backs by at least 40 pounds. He is going to absolutely abuse Kansas City's defensive backs. Uh, In similar matchups this year, Brown is averaging 77.4 yards. So at a paltry 68 and a half for that over under, I'm jumping on big night for AJ Brown and he leads the Eagles to victory. Man, I love that. Uh, And that, that does not feel like enough yardage for AJ Brown in the Super Bowl. He is a big game player. Yes, he is. I, I, I believe you have seen a few AJ Brown games in person, if I'm not mistaken. I've seen one or two in my life. Um, one of my favorite Ole Miss Rebels of all time, particularly because we pulled him out of Starkville, uh, where he grew up. Um, we actually, I mentioned we were coming back from Florida uh, today. We were in the airport earlier, and I was wearing my Ole Miss hat, and we were in the elevator with a guy, and he said, hey, did you go to Ole Miss? I said, I sure did. And I noticed he was wearing an Eagles sweatshirt, and I said, I'm a big A.J. Brown fan. Uh, and he laughed, and we, we talked about that a little bit. 
Um, but we, we were getting off. I told him my wife actually taught A.J. Brown in school, um, and he thought that was pretty cool. She was actually um, the uh, EDHE instructor, which is kind of a first-year experience class for freshmen in Ole Miss uh, for both A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf in the same class. So I'm hoping A.J. gets the first Super Bowl. I believe at some point in his career, if not in Seattle, D.K. is going to get one too. Um, be pretty cool for my wife to say she taught a couple Super Bowl winners. How did you not win the SEC with those two? Dude, dude, Phil Longo. <laughs> it's all <laughs> Phil Longo's fault. He had six plays in his offensive playbook, and it was mostly just run deep, run deeper, run fast, and run deep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, let me stick there because I'm on A.J. Brown as well for a prop. I, Despite my thinking that the Chiefs are going to do it, I just can't not – uh, place a prop bet on A.J. Brown. Anytime touchdown scorer for me, best number I could find was plus 120 on FanDuel. I think plus uh, plus number is is pretty decent on A.J. Brown. Again, mentioned he's a big-time, uh, big-game player, and I like him on this stage. Uh, I just got a few more I'll do quickly. Coin toss, I'm a big fan of this one. Uh, Tails never fails, minus 105 on BetMGM. Uh, Gatorade color, I actually hit this the last time the Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl, so I'm going back to the well with the very obvious and uh, the favorite of orange at plus 400, but uh, that is actually one of my favorite favorite props of the week. It's also my favorite Gatorade flavor. It is absolutely my favorite Gatorade flavor. Yeah. What would what would be your number two? That's the question. Um, the light blue frost flavor. Wow. Uh, the I think it's maybe called glacier freeze or something like that. But the light blue frost is is a solid number two for me. That's funny because that's absolutely my number two as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, glad we got that sorted out. The hierarchy of Gatorade is unargued here. Absolutely, no debate there. Uh, last one for me, and this is my longest shot, uh, will be a small sprinkle, um, probably about a unit. Uh, but we will go MVP Isaiah Pacheco, 50 to 1. And the reason I think that, and 50 to 1 at BetMGM, by the way, uh, reason I'm going with Pacheco is actually a little bit of a counter narrative to what you mentioned about Philly's dominance in the trenches. I think, and particularly with Patrick Mahomes' injury, I think that they're going to have to involve the screen game, um, the short swing pass a lot more often just to take the pressure off of him. And I think Pacheco is going to be the recipient of that. Uh, he's an explosive player. He runs angry with the football. I can see something happening where, you know, we get like a lower scoring game, like 24, 21, something like that. And Pacheco has two touchdowns and 150 all purpose yards, 180, something like that. I think there's a lot of value in that 50 to one. You don't think they would give it to uh, Patrick Mahomes if it was, you know, if he had three touchdowns, even though two of them were to Pacheco, I, and they won. Yeah, I mean that's that's why he's the favorite, right? <laughs> I mean, I think I think the best number you could get on either Patrick Mahomes or Jalen Hurts is plus one thirty-five for MVP. Okay. Um, so I'm with you. No, I definitely think that that's uh, that's the likely outcome. But I, I see a scenario and a path where Pacheco factors into that and, and has a big game. Yeah. All right, well, we've exceeded our allotted time here by adding on the Super Bowl props, so we're going to go ahead and wrap it there. That will do it this week. As a reminder, you can find all our tips and picks each and every week on Twitter at PlayingTipsPod. Shallow Cal, best of luck in both sports in Phoenix this week. All right, let's go team win, baby. 